That song goes right to my soul. And one of the... I'm standing back there today during worship, and all I could think of was, how about if I just stay back there and we keep worshiping today? I I needed that. That's, That's my story, that God didn't give up. He pursued me even when I was his enemy. And he, he chased me. He found me. It's amazing. I say all the time, and it's not, I don't just say it, it's what it is. What you see is what you get. <laughs> not pretending, I'm not putting anything on. What you hear and see here is what you're going to hear and see when you know, you're talking to me in Walmart or when we're running. It's just, it is what it is. Um, and the faults and all, all, all kinds of that stuff. One thing you, you, that you may or may not know this about me, but one of the things that um, I have used throughout my life to kind of sometimes to get me through tough times, sometimes to calm situations, sometimes to, for just because I couldn't help it, um, I, I have used humor to be able to kind of get me through some difficult times. That, that's not something that I decided one day, hmm, I think I'll use humor. It's like I was wired with that, and for a long time, um, maybe still, but for a long time, kind of under, not under control. And sometimes things came out before they got processed. And although it may have been funny, it may not have been the thing to say or do. I remember a story and for a number of reasons, but it's like indelibly etched into my mind. I was in high school. Now, this is one of those times where uh, it's just what you see is what you get. Do as I say, not as I do, okay? I'm in high school, and I'm sitting there, and a couple of seats ahead of me is uh, a buddy of mine, Chris Lesniak. And, and he also has this comedy thing wired into him. And so when we're in classes together, it didn't always turn out the way that it should have for the teachers. But the teacher said something. I can't even remember what the teacher said. But whatever she said, he decided to do something kind of mimicking it. And he wasn't disrespecting her. It was just he was being funny. Um, But that was not the time to do it. And so the young teacher did not make her happy at all. So she stands up in front. Chris sits down. She stands up there and she says, what kind of fool do you think I am? I know I should have thought (laughs) before I answered. But what came out was just a common, ordinary, everyday, normal fool. (laughs) Not the answer she was looking for, I found out. Moments after that, I was out of the class and in the hall. I used to say I was outstanding in school. And when the bell rang, I was outstanding in the hall. That's usually the way it worked back then. But one of the reasons I remember that is because as I said it, it kind of there was something in there that resonated with me, just the common, ordinary, everyday. In that case, you know, fool, but just common. I looked at those words in the last couple weeks a lot. Common, ordinary, normal, usual. I looked at all those words trying to find the best one to describe what we're going to talk about for the next four weeks. And some of them, although they fit, sometimes the negative connotations were not quite what I wanted. Or sometimes we've kind of covered that, you know, like the whole weird thing. We've covered that, although we'll do it again, and the whole crazy maker thing. But what I settled on for this series, um, the thought that I wanted to, is just the word common. 
just common. So what, what does common look like? So my question is, what does, what does the common life look like? And as I was thinking about that, one of the things that I realized was that there are so many people, I, I would say more than, than half of the people that I come across, are looking at what they would consider the common life as something that they have not attained and something they would aspire to and something that they would like because one of the things we do is we look at other people's lives and we think they're so amazing. We're coming upon that season when you're going to get Christmas letters from people and you're going to read the letter and you're going to think, wow, and you're going to realize, oh, that's not really exactly how it happened. The Christmas letters make things seem way better than they really were. It's kind of like looking on social media. You look on social media and you forget what you're looking at are people's highlight reels. You see what appears to be this very casual selfie and it's just amazing and you don't realize it was the 400th take in order to get that exact look of just being there, you know? And we look at that and we see other people's lives and we think that, that this, that common life, that's what I would like because I don't have that. So what does the common life look like? Let me help you a little bit. The common life looks like this. Exhausted, worried, stressed, angry, hopeless, just surviving. That's the common life. For most people, that's what it is. I think it's pretty safe to say the common life is messed up. We've got issues. We've got problems. And let me ask you this. How is common working out for you? See, here's the thing. Jesus came to give us a better way, an uncommon way, as he calls it, a narrow way. What I'm going to do today is I'm just going to give you a couple of like thoughts, points, whatever, things to ponder, and then we're going to look at a, a passage of Scripture that talks about that. The first thing that I want you to be thinking of is this. Jesus offers anyone and everyone a pathway to an uncommon life. He offers us a different and a better way. By the way, if you looked in your worship folder, you'll notice there was no outline. There was a sheet that's blank on one side. So if you want to take that out now, if you have your worship folder, you're going to get specific instructions here. It's blank on one side. On the other side, it says election day, Tuesday, November 6th. I decided that I need to tell you who to vote for so that we get this all straight. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and if you know me, you know that's not going to happen. Um, this sheet, now that I've teased you with this, turn it back over. You are not allowed to read it until after I'm done. It gives us some information on voting. If you know that you probably need to vote but you're not registered, um, at least if you're in Pine County, uh, when you leave on the welcome desk, there's a, there's a sheet that tells you wherever you live, here's where you go to vote, to register, whatever, because it's very important for us to, to do that. We, we still have that privilege in, that, in this country, and not a, lot of, not a lot of countries do. And so we need to exercise that. So I'm not telling you how to vote. I'm just telling you to vote early and often. No, I'm kidding. Just once, just once. This is not Chicago, okay? You can't vote six times here. So after, afterwards, you can read that and pick that up on the way out. And maybe there's something on the back there where it's blank that God is nudging you and you want to write that down because you want to remember it. So Jesus offers anyone and everyone a pathway to an uncommon life. 
He offers us a different and a better way. He says that for us in many places. One of them is in Matthew chapter 7. And for reason I'll explain. I love the New Living Translation here of this passage. Let me read this for you. Starting in verse 13, Jesus says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. Now, everybody, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, all religions are the same. You know, you can get there. However, there's a whole bunch of road that leads to God. That's not what Jesus said. It's one of the reasons why people will, will kind of rise up against the name of Jesus is because he said, I'm the only way. Only way to heaven. Only way to the kingdom of God is through Jesus. He says, you can enter the kingdom of God only through the narrow gate. And then here's why I like this translation. It's just this next phrase. The highway to hell is broad. That's actually literally what it says. The highway to hell is broad. The gate is wide. Another translation says, easy to follow for the many who choose this way. That's why, that's why so many people are on that path. When I read this verse this week, I, I kind of did a lot of my formative years in the 70s. You know, I know that's a long time ago, but... Bon Scott was the front singer for a band that, um, called ACDC from Australia that sang a song called Highway to Hell. Now, being raised in the 70s, interesting thing happens. I don't, I don't listen to my radio anymore. I don't listen to that much music. Um, I'm usually listening to a book just because it's the only chance I get to do that, and I listen to a book. But here's what would happen. It's really weird. I might not have listened to a song for, for 40 years, and it'll come on the radio. I'll be in a store, and, and you can tell the stores that want adults to buy things because they play music from my generation. And so they can play a song that I haven't heard in 40 years, and the weirdest thing will happen. I can sing along with it. But you know what the interesting thing is? I get the words all wrong. They sound right. I didn't even know what the words were back then. And so this past week, what I did is I looked up the words, the lyrics to Highway to Hell. And it's very interesting that as I read through those lyrics, um, I can hear Bon Scott singing that. That's, he lived it. That's, that was his life. And you realize right after that album came out, he died. Kind of... Uh, uncertain circumstances that um, involved a bar in London and, and being found in a car either that night or the next morning dead, and there may or may not have been heroin purchased, you know, or whatever, but um, he had this song, went crazy. Not him. Oh, yeah, he did too, but the song went crazy, and then right after that he died, and I read those lyrics, and to me it's so sad because nothing mattered. He understood, that's the road I'm on. But that's the road he was on. Jesus said that. The only way to God's kingdom is through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad. Its gate is wide. It's easy to follow for the many who choose that way. But the gate to life, Jesus said, is very narrow. The road is difficult. And only a few ever find it. You see, that's the truth. Now, when I tell people the Christian life is the most amazing life in the world, you really follow Jesus, and I can make you a couple guarantees. You'll never be bored. I can't guarantee that it'll be peachy, that everything will be good, 
that your finances will get straightened out, that your relationships will be all perfect, that everything will be good. I can't guarantee that because it's probably not going to happen like that. But can God change and redeem those things? Yes. But turning to Jesus, we recognize we're getting off the highway to hell that everybody else has chosen, and we're choosing a narrow way, he said, that's difficult. And only a few find it. That's what we're going to be talking about. A better way. A narrow way. A different way. An uncommon way. Now, just generically, generally speaking, we all know people who are uncommon. (laughs) Don't look around. (laughs) No eye contact with somebody else. You just get in trouble later. We all know people like that, that there's just something different about them, right? And if you're thinking about somebody right now, I can pretty much guarantee somebody's thinking about you, okay? That's how it works. But I also know that as followers of Jesus, we are seen as uncommon. Sometimes not in the best sense. We're seen as uncommon. You know what the truth is? We are. We are. We're not normal. We're not ordinary. We're not common. Common's not good. We're not common. Peter, when he's writing to to Christians, he's writing to this church, he says something very interesting. In 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 9, he's writing to Christians. He's not writing to Jews, to the nation of Israel. He's writing to Christians. He says, but you are a chosen people. That's interesting because that's always been all through the Old Testament. That, that's the theme. They are the Israel, the nation of Israel, the Jews are God's chosen people. And they are. But he's writing to Christians and he says, Jesus is doing something here through the church. He says, you are a chosen people. You're chosen by God. And then he says something that kind of blows them away. You are royal priests. You see, back then and now, in, in many religions, the only way to get to God is to go through somebody else. You got this person who's better than you, who's th- this, this priest who who's, can make these, you know, in the Old Testament, can make these sacrifices for you because they have taken care of cleansing their life and they can do this, and you want to get to God, you go through them, and Jesus comes and he blows it all out of the water. When he's dying on the cross, that, that veil in the temple uh, and when we say veil, it's like this humongously heavy, thick curtain. Big, big he- don't even think curtain. It's almost wall, a wall separating that inner part where, where the most important work was done, that holy of holies, from the other places of the temple. When Jesus died on a cross, interestingly, at that moment, that big, heavy, thick curtain in the temple ripped in half. And the interesting thing is it ripped from top to bottom. And, and it was God saying, you know what? You have access to me because of Jesus. And he's telling these Christians, you're a chosen people. You're royal priests. You have access to God. You're a holy nation. This is church he's writing to. A people for God's own possession. He's trying to let them know that they're not normal. They're not common people. They're not ordinary. And then he tells them why. You were chosen to tell about the wonderful acts of God. That's why. Who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. See, 
I grew up in a, in, a, in a home and even in a church where they were called out of darkness into wonderful light, but they forgot the first part that you were chosen to tell about the wonderful acts that you were called. They were like, we made it. Sucks to be you, <laughs> but we're in. That's kind of the attitude. And I remember even as a kid thinking, there's something wrong with that. Because if I'm recognizing that I was on the highway to hell and I have now found the narrow way, or actually the narrow way found me, don't, isn't that kind of important to let other people know that? That's why we were called, he said. Tell people about that. Who, the God who called you out of darkness. Because the truth is, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've claimed Jesus as Savior, there was a point at which before that you were in darkness. You were on the highway to hell. And because of his light invading your life, all of that changed. He calls you out of that darkness into his wonderful light. He says, he goes on to say, at one time, you were not a people. I, I get that. I understand what he's saying. You are nothing. At one time, you were not a people. But now, he says, you're God's people. In the past, you had never received mercy. But now you've received God's mercy. He's trying to show them how everything has changed because of this. You're not common anymore. We're going to spend four weeks talking about how to live an uncommon life. How to do that. Here's how it starts this week. It starts with uncommon knowledge. It starts with uncommon knowledge. Here's the, here's the thought for you. Uncommon people, that's people who have claimed Jesus as Savior. Uncommon people know something most people don't. And what you know should make a difference in how you live. What we know should make a difference in how we live. We know something most people don't know. Now, that's easy for that to sound wrong. It's easy for that to sound like elitism. I know something you don't know. <laughs> that, that's not what it is. But there's a very good reason that we know something that people who don't know Jesus don't know. You've experienced this. You've talked to someone, and, and it's like the answer is so simple. You know, I, uh, here's Jesus. Here's what he did. The answer is simple. And you're telling somebody this, and it's like, right over their head. It's like, how you want it? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth is what you want to say to them? And, and nothing's happening. You know, there's a reason for that. Kind of a scary reason. In 2 Corinthians, Paul explains it like this. This first verse is very scary. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Now let's stop right there for a moment. Who needs the good news? People who are perishing. The good news, he says, if it's hidden behind a veil, it's hidden only from people who are perishing. And I read that and it's like, wait, what? So when that person I'm talking to about Jesus doesn't get it, it's hidden from them. He actually explains in the next verse, here's what's going on. Satan, who is the god of this world, that's God with a little g. He's on a short leash, and his time is limited. 
And because of that, he's pulling out all the stops. He is the God of this world at the moment. It's a Satan who is the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. So when someone doesn't get it, there's a really good reason why they don't get it. Because the enemy is doing everything he can to blind their minds. So you tell them something that makes such perfect sense. It's like, I don't get it. It says the next verse, they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. They don't get it. We're coming up on, uh, I know it's not Thanksgiving yet, but we're coming up on Christmas. We're coming up on a time when the whole world will focus for a few moments on the fact that Jesus was called Emmanuel, God with us. And he came to save us, to redeem us, to rescue us. And we'll listen to that, we'll hear it, we'll realize that people are singing that in the, in the Christmas carols and they don't know what they're talking about. And the reason is because they're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't, he says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. It's not about us. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. That was his attitude. I belong to Jesus, and therefore, because I belong to Jesus, I am your servant for Jesus' sake, to do everything I can to help you. He said, for God who said... Let there be light in the darkness. Way back when, at the beginning, when he said that that same God has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. He wants to take you from your darkness and bring you into the light. The God that said at the very beginning, light be, wants to shine that light into our hearts. And he says, If you've done that, if you've accepted Jesus, he says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves on a regular basis, usually on Mondays. I get before God and I say, why in the world did you choose me? Why did you choose me to do what I do? Why did you choose me to share the good news? Because all I see is a a clay jar that's cracked, broken. Yes, I'm a cracked pot. (laughs) And you know what God says? How else do you think the light's going to get through? If you were this fancy jar, what would they look at? They'd look at the jar. If anything is accomplished, they ain't going to look at you, Tim. They're going to see me. That's the point. This makes it clear, he said, that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. I love the fact that one of the best descriptions of Journey North Church is a bunch of cracked pots. (laughs) Allowing God's light to shine through. So if you know Jesus... If you're one of those who know Jesus personally, we know something most people don't know. And it should make a difference in how we live. Here's the thought. Once you know, once you know, 
and understand and embrace the good news of the gospel. It's not just something you've heard now. It's something that's in you. The God of the universe is now in you. His spirit is in you. He's, he's dwelling in you. And once you embrace the good news of the gospel, you can start living the uncommon life. That's what he wants for us. What I know should make all the difference. It doesn't always, but it should. Because once you know, you can live out the gospel you now know. That's the point. That's why he chose us. So that we can live out the gospel we now know. Once you know, you can share the gospel you now know. With your lips and with your life. Once you know, you can trust God to use his gospel powerfully. He's going to. You say, yeah, but look at me. Yeah, I'm just a crack pot. You can say, but I can't do that. You don't have to. God does it. He wants to shine through you. And you can trust that God will use his gospel powerfully. If you, if you allow him to shine through you into this world that desperately needs this because Satan, who still has tremendous influence over the way most people live, is hard at work blinding the minds of people to the gospel. You don't have to look very far to see the evidence of that. How far people have strayed, how far they've gone from God how they appear to be that, that on the outside certain things just appear okay, but you know that there is a blindness and a darkness there. And they're heading the wrong direction fast. We see that all around us. But you and I, we now know something uncommon. So what will you do with what you know? What will you do with that knowledge if you have that uncommon knowledge? My question for you is, are you satisfied with common? At the end of the day, when it's just you and God, are you satisfied with normal, with ordinary, with common? And maybe the question for you today is, are you in the know? Has it been kind of going over your head? And you've thought it was about church or religion or a whole bunch of other things. And for the first time, it's like, bing, the light comes on. And you wondered if the person behind you saw that light come on over your head. And it's like, I never thought of that. God turns the light on. Maybe for you, you're not in the know. Maybe you've just known about Jesus but haven't known him. Maybe you haven't known and understood and embraced the good news yet. And it doesn't matter if this is your first time darkening the doors of a church or if you've been going for 50 years. Maybe that's God whispering to you saying, you know, this is why you're here today, to hear this. To just open it up to me, to turn to me, to let me shine my light into your darkness so that you can have that uncommon knowledge as well and so that you can do something, that you can live out the gospel, that you can share the gospel, that you can trust God to use that in your life. Is it making a difference in you and how you live? Because the enemy is actively, actively blinding the minds of people who don't know yet. You can get the light in your heart 
to dispel that darkness. And then you can be the light to others who need that, who are still in darkness. So if you have that light, you've had that light shine in your heart, you know that you're a child of God because you claim Jesus as Savior and what He did on the cross was yours. You have that light. There's people around you who need that. To need, they need that light to shine through. And, and you and those around you can finally get off the highway to hell and get on the uncommon path today. The path that leads to life. I'd like to ask you to bow your heads as we pray. Father, I know that um, it's so easy to just fall into the common, the usual, the ordinary, the normal, and to kind of go along um, like so much of the world that's blinded to what's really true. Even those who have claimed Jesus as Savior and have this uncommon knowledge, it's so easy to just fall back into that to go through the motions, to, to go to church, to do the stuff, but not to really shine as a light in the darkness. So my prayer, Father, today for those who already know Jesus as Savior, who have claimed Him, know Him, are, are, are part of that, that, that chosen group, the royal priesthood, the ones that, that have, have entered from darkness into light, that, that starting today, that we would allow that light to shine through us. We would be obedient to you so that that light could shine through to those people around us who are still in darkness. And Father, for anybody listening to this who has never experienced that light, if they had to be really honest, they'd say, nope, I, I, don't, I hadn't got that. I, I, the, the darkness is still there for me. That in simple faith, turning to Jesus and say. I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross to pay for that sin. And I want to turn from my sin and turn to you as Savior. I'm giving all that I understand about myself at this moment to all that I understand of you. And I'm trusting you today. Knowing that at that moment, they go from darkness to light. That at that moment, the person who does that with their full heart becomes a child of the King and begins to, to understand and see things in a way that they didn't before. My prayer, Father, is that anybody hearing this who has never experienced that light would come to know Jesus today. Father, thank you for all that you're doing in us and through us here. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand for the closing song. Was that not the perfect ending to what I said? I love, we, we never talk about this beforehand, hardly, hardly at all. And I just love when God just weaves everything together. That's such a, that's such a good message. Now, I, before, before, one closing comment, but before I say that, a couple things. One is vote, okay, if you're able to, vote. Um, the other thing is because of a very generous donation, um, something happened today on the way in. I don't know if you noticed it or not. It was the S word. Snow. If you or someone you know is in need of a coat, we have, because of a generous donation, we have a, a, a number of coats, all different sizes, 
amazing quality, some new, I mean, just amazing quality because of someone's generous donation. And so if you or someone you know needs that, here the very specific, difficult instructions for you to take um, this for yourself. Walk down the hallway. The first door on the right, not the copy room, but the next door on the right, there's three coat racks and a table. And if you find something you need, take it. That's the instructions. The room in the back there, that's the coat room. Do not go there and find a coat to take. That's not how this works, okay? Back to that room. If you know somebody who needs one, grab that there. There's a bunch there. Um, Very exciting. So here's my question. Why be common? Why be common? Uncommon's way better. You can get off the highway to hell and get on the uncommon path today, the one that leads to life. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. And I pray that um, we would be about the business of rescuing people from that broad way that leads to destruction, that we would be about showing people the path to life. Thank you for your love for us, for demonstrating that, for calling us out of darkness into light so that we could shed the light into lives that need it. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you're out a little early. Skull Vikings.